five of the castle spectre by matthew lewis this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. act five scene one a view of conway castle by moonlight enter percy and motley in truth my lord you venture too near the castle should you fall into osmond's power a second time your next jump may be into a better world oh there is no danger motley my followers are not far off and will join me at a moment's warning then fear not for me with all my heart but permit me to fear for myself we are now within bowshot of the castle the archers may think proper to amuse us with a proof of their skill and were i to feel an arrow quivering in my gizzard probably i should be much more surprised than pleased good my lord let us back to the fisherman's hut your advice may be wise gilbert but i cannot follow it angela's escape may be discovered she may be pursued and in need of my assistance then counsel not by retiring my fears of losing angela are too strong the flame which burns in my bosom too ardent i'm sure no flame burning in your bosom can give you so much pain as an arrow would give me sticking in mine and as to your fears of losing the lady i'd bet mine of losing my life against any fears in christendom how gilbert have you not promised to stand by me to the last did you not say you could die in my service with pleasure very true but lord if a man was always taken at his word the world would soon be turned upside down when a polite gentleman begs you to consider his house as your own and assures you that all he has is at your disposal he'd be in a terrible scrape if you began knocking down his walls or requested the loan of his wife or daughters no no sir when i said that i should die in your service with pleasure i intended to live in it many long years since to tell you the truth from a child i had always a particular dislike to dying and i think that with every hour the prejudice grows stronger good my lord let us be gone ere long i doubt not hark did i not hear no she comes not heaven should the friar's plot have failed failed and a priest and a petticoat concerned in it oh no a plot composed of such good ingredients cannot but succeed oh were i again seated by the fisher's hearth the wind blows cruel sharp and bitter for shame gilbert am i not equally exposed to its severity oh the flame in your bosom keeps you warm and in a cold night love wraps one up better than a blanket but that not being my situation the present object of my desires is a blazing wood fire and venus would look to me less lovely than a smoking sack posset oh when i was in love i managed matters much better i always paid my addresses by the fireside and contrived to urge my soft suit just at dinner-time then how i filled my fair one's ears with fine speeches while she filled my trencher with roast beef then what figures and tropes came out of my mouth and what dainties and tidbits went in twould have done your heart good to hear me talk and see me eat and you'd have found it no easy matter to decide whether i had most wit or appetite and who was the object of this voracious passion a person well calculated to charm both my heart and my stomach it was a lady of great merit 
who did your father the honour to superintend his culinary concerns. I was scarce fifteen, when she kindled a flame in my heart while lighting the kitchen fire, and from that moment I thought on nothing but her. My mornings were passed in composing poems on her beauty, my evenings in reciting them in her ear, for nature had equally denied the fair creature and myself the faculty of reading and writing. You are successful, I hope. Why, at length, my lord, a pandaric ode upon her grace in frying pancakes melted her heart. She consented to be mine, when, oh, cruel fortune, taking one night a drop too much, poor dear creature, she never got the better of it. I wept her loss, and composed an elegy upon it, which has been thought, by many persons of great judgment, not totally destitute of taste and sublimity. It began thus, Baked be the pies to coals, Burn, roast meat, burn, Boil o'er, ye pots, Ye spits, forget to turn, Cinderilla's death. Peace, peace, Say you nothing near yonder tower? Oh, yes, certainly. Two persons advance towards us. Yet they cannot be our friends, for I see neither the lady's petticoat nor the monk's paunch. Still they approach, though slowly. One leans on his companion and seems to move with pain. Let us retire and observe them. Away, sir. I'm at your heels. They draw back. Enter Saib, conducting Kenrick. Nay, yet hold up a while. Now we are near the fisher's cottage. Good, Saib. I needs must stop. Enfeebled by Osmond's tortures, my limbs refuse to bear me further. Here, lay me down. Then fly to Percy, guide him to the dungeon, and ere tis too late, bid him save the father of Angela. Percy to Motley. Hark! Did you hear? Yet, to leave you thus alone. Oh, heed not me. Think that on these few moments depends our safety. Angela's freedom, Reginald's life. You have the master key. Fly then, oh, fly to Percy. Percy, starting forward. Said he not Reginald? Speak again, stranger. What of Reginald? Ah, look up, Kenrick. Tis Percy's self. How? Kenrick? Kenrick, Kenrick sinking at Percy's feet. Yes, the guilty, the penitent Kenrick. Oh, surely twas heaven sent you hither. No, Earl Percy, that Reginald lives, that Angela is his daughter. Amazement! And is this known to Osmond? Two hours have scarcely passed since he surprised the secret. Tortures compelled me to avow where Reginald was hidden, and he now is in his brother's power. Fly then to his aid. Alas, perhaps at this moment his destruction is completed. Perhaps even now Osmond's dagger. Within there! Alan, Harold! Quick, Gilbert, sound your horn! Motley sounds it. Enter Alan, Edric, Harold, and soldiers. Friends, may I depend on your support? While we breathe, all will stand by you. All, all! Follow me then, away! Yet stay one moment. Percy, to this grateful friend I have confided a master key, which will instantly admit you to the castle, and have described to him the retreat of Reginald. 
be he your guide, and hasten. Oh, that pang! He faints. Alan and Edric support him. Look to him. Oh, he sings. Bear him to your hut, Edric, and there tend his hearts. To Saib. Now on, good fellow, and swiftly. Osmond, despair, I come. Exit. With Saib, Motley, Harold, and soldiers on one side, while Alan and Edric convey away Kenric still fainting on the other. Scene two, a vaulted chamber. Enter Father Philip, with a basket in his arm and a torch, conducting Angela. Thanks to St. Francis, we have as yet passed unobserved. Surely of all travelling companions, fear is the least agreeable. I couldn't be more fatigued had I run twenty miles without stopping. Why this delay? Good father, let us proceed. Ere I go further, lady, I must need stop to take breath and refresh my spirits with a taste of this cordial. Taking a bottle from the basket. Oh, not now. Think that Osmond may discover me and mar your kind intentions. This room, you say, conceals the private door. Prithee, unclose it. Let us from hence. Wait till we are safe under Percy's protection, and then drink as you list. But not now, father. In pity, not now. Well, well, be calm, daughter. Oh, these women, these women, they mind no one's comfort but their own. Now, where is the door? How tedious seems every moment which I pass within these hated walls. Ah, oh, yonder comes a light. So, so, I've found it at last. Touching a spring, a secret door flies open. It moves this way. By all my fears, tis Osmond. In, father, in. Away, for heaven's sake. Exeunt, closing the door after them. Enter Osmond and Hassan with a torch. Osmond, after a pause of gloomy meditation. Is all still within the castle? As the silence of the grave. Where are your fellows? Saib guards the traitor Kenric. Moli and Alaric are buried in sleep. Their hands have been stained in blood, and yet can they sleep? Call your companions hither. Hassan offers to leave the torch. Away with the light. Its beams are hateful. Exit Hassan. Osmond alone. Yes, this is the place. If Kenrick said true, for sixteen years have the vaults beneath me rung with my brother's groans. I dread to unclose the door. How shall I sustain the beams of his eye when they rest on Evelina's murderer? How will his proud heart swell with rage at meeting his usurping brother? Ah, the beams of his eye must long since have been quenched in tears. The pride of his heart must by this be subdued by suffering. Great have been those sufferings, in truth so great, that even my hatred bends before them. Yet for that hatred, had I not cause? At tournaments, t'was in Reginald, 
that each eye was bent at court twas to reginald that each noble proffered friendship evelina too ha that name my expiring hate revives reginald reginald for thee was i sacrificed oh when it strikes a second blow my poniard shall stab sure enter hassan muley and alaric with torches my lord my lord, my lord. now why this haste i tremble to inform you that sahib has fled the castle a master key which he found upon kenrick and of which he kept possession has enabled him to escape sahib too gone all are false all forsake me yet more my lord he has made his prisoner the companion of his flight osmond starting how kenrick escaped tis but too certain doubtless he has fled to percy to percy ha then i must be speedy my fate hangs on a thread friends i have ever found ye faithful mark me now opening the private door of these two passages the left conducts to a long chain of dungeons in one of these my brother still languishes once already have you seen him bleeding beneath my sword but he yet exists my fortune my love nay my life are at stake need i say more each half unsheathes his sword that gesture speaks me understood on then before i follow you the africans pass through the private door osmond is advancing toward it when he suddenly starts back ha why roll these seas of blood before me whose mangled course do they bear to my feet fratricide ah oh, tis a dreadful name yet how preserve myself in reginald it cannot be we must not breathe the same atmosphere fate thy hand urges me fate thy voice prompts me thou hast spoken i obey he follows the africans the door is closed after them scene three a gloomy subterraneous dungeon wide and lofty the upper part of it has in several places fallen in and left large chasms on one side are various passages leading to other caverns on the other is an iron door with steps leading to it and a wicket in the middle reginald pale and emaciated in coarse garments his hair hanging wildly about his face and a chain bound round his body lies sleeping upon a bed of straw a lamp a small basket and a pitcher are placed near him after a few moments he awakes and extends his arms my child my evelina oh fly me not lovely forms they are gone and once more i live to misery thou wert kind to me sleep even now methought i sat in my castle hall a maid 
lovely as the queen of fairies hung on my knee and hailed me by that sweet name father yes i was happy yet frown not on me therefore darkness i am thine again my gloomy bride but not incensed despair that i left thee for a moment i have passed with thee sixteen years ah how many have i still to pass yet fly not my bosom quite sweet hope still speak to me of liberty of light whisper that once more i shall see the morn break that again shall my fevered lips drink the pure gale of evening god thou knowest that i have borne my sufferings meekly i have wept for myself but never cursed my foes i have sorrowed for thy anger but never murmured at thy will patient have i been oh then reward me let me once again press my daughter in my arms let me for one instant feel again that i clasp to my heart a being who loves me speed thou to heaven prayer of a captive he sinks upon a stone with his hands clasped and his eyes bent steadfastly upon the flame of the lamp angela and father philip are seen through the chasms above passing along slowly be cautious father feel ye not how the ground trembles beneath us perfectly well and would give my best bravery to find myself once more on terra firma but the outlet cannot be far off let us proceed look down upon us blessed angels aid us protect us amen fair daughter and now away exeunt reginald after a pause tis that a door which divides me from happiness how often against that door have i knelt and prayed and ever knelt and prayed in vain fearful lest my complaints should move him from his purpose my jailer listens not replies not hastily through yon wicket he gives my food then flies as if this dungeon held a serpent oh then how my heart swells with bitterness when the sound of his retiring steps is heard no more when through yon lofty chasm i catch no longer the gleam of his departing torch how wastes my lamp the hour of kenrick's visit must long be past and still he comes not how if death's hand has struck him suddenly my existence unknown away from my fancy dreadful idea rising and taking the lamp the breaking of my chain permits me to wander at large through the wide precincts of my prison haply the late storm whose pealing thunders were heard even in this abyss may have rent some friendly chasm haply some nook yet unexplored ah uh, no 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 my hopes are vain my search will be fruitless despair in these dungeons reigns despotic she mocks my complaints rejects my prayers and when i sue for freedom bids me seek it in my grave death oh death how welcome wilt thou be to me 
Exit. The noise is heard of a heavy bar falling. The door opens. Enter Father Philip and Angela. How's this? A door? It is barred in the outside. That will forgive, as it wasn't bolted on the inn. But I don't recollect. Surely I've not. What's the matter? By my faith, daughter, I suspect that I've missed my way. Heaven forbid. Nay, if tis so, I shan't be the first man who of two ways has preferred the wrong. Provoking! And did I not tell you to choose the right-hand passage? Truly did you, and that was the very thing which made me choose the left. Whenever I'm in doubt myself, I generally ask a woman's advice, and when she's of one way of thinking, I've always found that reason's on the other. In this instance, perhaps, I've been mistaken. But wait here for a moment, and the fact shall be ascertained. But perhaps you fear being alone in the dark. I fear nothing, except Osmond. Nay, I've no more inclination to fall into his clutches again than yourself. What would be the consequence? You would be married, I should be hung. Now, daughter, you may think that I have a very bad taste, but as I'm a Christian, I'd rather be married fifty years than hung for one little half-hour. Exit. How thick and infectious is the air of this cavern! Yet perhaps for sixteen years has my poor father breathed none purer. Hark! Steps are quick advancing! The friar comes, but why in such confusion? Re-enter Father Philip, running. Help! Help! It follows me! Angela, detaining him. What alarms you? Speak! His ghost! His ghost! Let me go! Let me go! Let me go! Struggling to escape from Angela, he falls and extinguishes the torch, then hastily rises and rushes up the staircase, throwing the door after him. Angela, alone. Father! Father! Stay, for heaven's sake! He's gone. I cannot find the door. Hark! T'was the clank of chains. A light, too! It comes yet nearer. Save me, ye powers! What dreadful form! Tis here! I faint with terror! Sinks almost lifeless against the dungeon's side. Re-enter Reginald with a lamp. He is gone, emaciated and stiff from long disuse. Scarce can I draw my limbs along, and I strive in vain to overtake the fugitive. Angela, recovering herself. Still is it there, that fearful vision? Reginald, placing his lamp upon a pile of stones. Why did Kenrick enter my prison? Haply when he heard not my groans at the dungeon door, he thought that my woes were relieved by death. Oh, when will that thought be verified? How sunk his eye! How wildly hangs his matted hair on his pale and furrowed brow! Oh, those are the furrows of anguish, not of age! I have oft wiped away tears but never caused them to flow. Oft have I lightened the prisoners' chains, but never increased their burthen. Yet I am doomed to chains and tears. Each sound of his hollow, plaintive voice strikes my heart. Dared I accost him, yet perhaps a maniac. No matter. He suffers, and the accents of pity will flow sweetly in his ears. 
thou art dead and at rest my wife safe in yon skies no thought of me molests thy quiet yet sure i wrong thee at the hour of death thy spirit shall stand beside me shall close mine eyes gently and murmur die reginald and be at peace hark heard i not pardon good stranger reginald starting wildly from his seat tis she she comes for me is the hour at hand fair vision spirit of evelina lead on i follow thee he extends his arms toward her staggers a few paces forwards then sinks exhausted on the ground he faints perhaps expires still still see he revives tis gone once more the sport of my bewildered brain starting up powers of bliss look where it moves again oh say what art thou if evelina speak oh speak ha huh. named he not evelina that look this dungeon too the emotions which his voice it is it must be father oh father father falling upon his bosom said you meant you my daughter mine infant whom i left oh yes it must be true my heart which springs towards you acknowledges my child embracing her and is it thus i find you burdened with chains no warmth no air no comfort think of it no more my dearest but say how gained you entrance has osmond oh that name recalls my terrors alas you see in me a fugitive from his violence guided by a friendly monk whom your approach has frightened from me i was endeavouring to escape we missed our way and chance guided us to this dungeon but this is not a time for explanation answer me know you the subterraneous passages belonging to this castle whose entrance is without the walls i do then we may yet be saved father we must fly this moment percy the pride of our english youth waits me at the conway's side come then oh come stay not one moment longer as she approaches the door lights appear above look look my child the beams of distant torches flash through the gloom ha huh. yet perhaps ashamed of his desertion tis but the monk who returns to seek me grant heaven that it may prove so osmond above hassan guard you the door follow me my friends the lights disappear osmond's voice undone undone oh my father he comes to seek you perhaps to oh tis a word too dreadful for a daughter's lips if he seeks none but me i am happy but should your steps have been traced my child hark they come the gloom of yonder cavern may a while conceal you fly to it hide yourself stir not i charge you what leave you oh no no dearest i entreat i conjure you fly fear not for me hark they are at the door speed to the cavern speak not move not if possible breathe not father oh father farewell 
perhaps forever. He forces Angela into the cavern, then returns hastily and throws himself on the bed of straw. Now then, to hear my doom. Enter Osmond, followed by Muley and Alaric with torches. The door unbarred? Softly, my fears were false. Lo, where stretched on the ground straws his couch, a stone his pillow, he tastes that repose which flies from my bed of down. Wake, Reginald, and arise. You here, Osmond, what brings you to this scene of sorrow? Alas, hope flies while I gaze upon your frowning eyes. Have I read its language aright, Osmond? Aright, if you have read my hatred, Reginald. I bring you death. What other present could you expect from me? Have you not been ever a thorn in my path? A speck in my sight? Was not submit to your elder brother? The galling lesson forever sounded in my ears? And when I praise some favorite spot of these domains, some high-browed hill or blooming valley, was not my father's answer still? That will be your elder brother's? Yes. The first thought which struck my brain was, I am a younger son. The first passion which tortured my heart was hate to him that made me one. Have I deserved that hate? You often injured me, but as often I forgave. You were ever my foe, but I never forgot you were my brother. Hypocrite! Was I one when my weapon struck the fierce Scot to the ground, whose sword already glittered above your head? Was I one when, as embarrassed by your armor you sank beneath the Severn's waves, I sprang into the flood, I seized, I saved you? Twice have I preserved your life. Oh, let it not be for my own destruction. See, my brother, the once proud Reginald lies at your feet, for his pride has been humbled by suffering. Hear him adjure you by her ashes, within whose bosom we both have lain, not to stain your hands with the blood of your brother. Osmond, aside. He melts me in my own despite. The fountains of my eyes have been long dried up. I have no tears that can soften no eloquence that can persuade, but heaven has lightnings that can blast. Then spare me, Osmond. Kenrick has told me that my daughter lives. Restore me to her arms. Permit us in obscurity to pass our days together. Then shall my last sigh implore upon your head heaven's forgiveness and Evelina's. It shall be so. Rise, Reginald, and hear me. You mentioned even now your daughter. No, she is in my power. Know also that I love her. How? She rejects my offers. Your authority can oblige her to accept them. Swear to use it, and this instant will I lead you to her arms. 
Osmond, she is your niece. I have influence at Rome. That obstacle will be none to me. What is your answer? You hesitate. Say, will you give the demanded oath? I cannot dissemble. Osmond, I never will. How? Reflect that your life would be valueless if purchased by my daughter's tears, would be loathsome if embittered by my daughter's misery. Osmond, I will not take the oath. Osmond, almost choked with passion. Tis enough. To the Africans. You know your duty. Drag him to yonder cavern. Let me not see him die. Reginald, holding by a fragment of the wall from which the Africans strive to force him. Brother, for pity's sake, for your soul's happiness. Obey me, slaves. Away. Angela rushes in wildly. Hold off. Hurt him not. He is my father. Angela? Here? Daughter, what means? Angela, embracing him. You shall live, father. I will sacrifice all to preserve you. Here is my hand, Osmond. Tis yours, but spare my father. Osmond, transported. Lovely Angela. How rash, girl. What would you do? Reginald, reflect. Your uncle, your mother's murderer. Remember? Your life is in danger. I must forget all else. Osmond, release my father, and solemnly I swear. Hold, girl, and first hear me. Kneeling. God of nature, to thee I call. If e'er on Osmond's bosom a child of mine rests, if e'er she calls him husband, who pierced her hapless mother's heart, that moment shall a wound by my own hand inflicted hold oh hold and not your oath i burn with rage swear never to be osmond's i swear be repaid by this embrace be it your last tear them asunder away away i will not leave him part them i say ha what noise enter hassan hastily my lord all is lost percy has stormed the castle and speeds this way confusion then i must be sudden aid me hassan hassan and osmond force angela from her father who suddenly disengages himself from muley and alaric friends so near villains at least you shall buy my life dearly suddenly seizing hassan's sword osmond employed with hassan in retaining angela while reginald defends himself against muley and alaric down with him wrest the sword from him alaric is wounded and falls muley gives back at the same time osmond's party appears above pursued by percy's hark they come dastardly villains nay then my own hand must drawing his sword he rushes upon reginald 
who is disarmed and beaten upon his knees. When at the moment that Osman lifts his arm to stab him, Evelina's ghost throws herself between them. Osman starts back and drops his sword. Horror! What form is this? Die! Disengaging herself from Hassan, she springs suddenly forwards and plunges her dagger into Osman's bosom, who falls with a loud groan and faints. The ghost vanishes. Angela and Reginald rush into each other's arms. Father, thou art mine again! Enter Percy, Motley, Saib, Harold, etc., pursuing Gosman's party. All stop on seeing him bleeding on the ground. Hold, my brave friends. See where lies the object of our search. Percy! Dear Percy! Percy, flying to her. Dearest Angela! My friend, my guardian angel! Come, Percy, come. Embrace my father. Father, embrace the protector of your child. Do I then behold El Reginald? Reginald, embracing him. The same, brave Percy. Welcome to my heart. Live ever next it. A moment that overpays my sufferings. And yet, Percy, that wretched man, he perished by my hand. Hark! He sighs. There is life still in him. Life? Then save him. Save him. Bear him to his chamber. Look to his wound. Heal it, if possible. At least gain him time to repent his crimes and errors. Osmond is conveyed away. Servants enter with torches, and the stage becomes light. Though ill-deserved by his guilt, your generous pity still is amiable. But save her, Angela. What have I to hope? Is my love approved by your noble father? Will he? Percy, this is no time to talk of love. Let me hasten to my expiring brother, and soften with forgiveness the pains of death. And can you forget your sufferings? Ah, youth, has he had none? Oh, in his stately chambers, far greater must have been his pangs than mine in this gloomy dungeon. For what gave me comfort was his terror, what gave me hope was his despair. I knew that I was guiltless, knew that, though I suffered in this world, my lot would be happy in that to come. And, O oh, thou wretch, whom hopeless woes oppress, whose days no joy, whose nights no summers bless, when pale despair alarms thy frenzied eye, screams in thine ear, and bids thee heaven deny. Court thou religion, strive thy faith to save, bend thy fixed glance on bliss beyond the grave. Hush guilty murmurs, banish dark mistrust. Think there's a power above, nor doubt that power is just. Fanny Epilogue Osmond by this arrived at Sharon's ferry. My honour saved, and dad alive and merry. Hither I come the public doom to know, but come not uncompelled, the more's my woe. E'en now, O oh pity, friends, my hard mishap, my shoulder felt a Bow Street runner's tap, who, while I shook with fear in every limb, thus spoke 
with accents stern and visage grim mistress quoth he to me it given in trust is to bring you straight before our learned justice for though tis said to-night the whole town o'er you've killed one osmond alas barrymore the fellow's mad twas thus amazed i spoke lord sir i murdered osmond for a joke the stagger free from blood will make it certain he died but till the prompter dropped the curtain and now well pleased to quit this scene of riot the man's gone home to sup in peace and quiet finding that all i said was said in vain and townsend still his first design maintain i thought twere best to fly for shelter here and beg my generous friends to interfere but though the awkward nature of my case may spread some slight confusion o'er my face no terror is all my bosom i'll assure ye just is my cause and english is my jury besides it must appear on explanation how very ticklish was my situation and all perforce his crimes when i relate must own that osmond well deserved his fate he heeded not papa's pathetic pleading he stabbed mamma which was extreme ill-breeding and at his feet for mercy when i sued the odious wretch i vow was downright rude twice his bold hands my person dared to touch twice in one day twas really once too much and therefore justly filled with virtuous ire to save my honour and protect my sire i drew my knife and in his bosom stuck it he fell you clapped and then he kicked the bucket so perish still the wretch whose soul can know selfish delight while causing others woe who blasts that joy the sweetest god has given and makes an hell where love would make in heaven forbear thou lawless libertine nor seek forced favours on that pale averted cheek if thy warm kisses cost bright eyes one tear kisses from loveliest lips are bought too dear unless those lips with thine keep playful measure and that sweet tear should be a tear of pleasure now as for osmond at that villain's name i feel reviving wrath my soul inflame and shall one short and sudden pang suffice to clear so base a fault so gross a vice no to your bar dear friends for aid i fly bid osmond live again again to die nightly with plaudits loud his breath recall nightly beneath my dagger see him fall give him a thousand lives and let me take them all end of the fifth act end of the castle spectre a drama in five acts by matthew lewis